bet they're really getting confidence now. All right, everybody, welcome back to another episode of Cuddy and the Cooge with the Cooge this time. We're back three weeks post-baby, so everybody's doing good, and I'm feeling good, so we're back on the pod. Yeah, welcome back, Cooge, and uh, we did one without you. and It was pretty good. It was good, and now we have a little uh, three-week baby. We might have to get her on the podcast <laughs> here coming up pretty soon. Yeah, but, uh, someday. But now we're back to normal. We're back recording and we're getting her done. Yep, yep. So we have another guest today. And, you know, talking this sport, usually you think about nice sunny skies sitting in the bleachers. And we've had the teens as our highs here in <laughs> upstate New York the last few weeks. So, but we're going to talk some baseball. I'm going to turn it over to the Cuddy to bring our guest on. Yeah, it's good. And I've uh, certainly had the pleasure of, uh, Working with John Mueller, who's the head baseball coach at the University of Albany for four and a half years during my time there. And it was a big um, switch for me coming from out west where, you know, basically baseball's year round. And, um, you know, you you know, guys are out at 60 degrees every day, it seemed like, in the winter. And a lot of the players stay around campus in the wintertime on break and, and work out and do those types of things. And then I Came to Albany, got to meet Coach Mueller and, uh, you know, looked at the differences there. And as you just mentioned, uh, you know, for John, heck, your team doesn't even see the grass sometime until you make your first road trip. But anyway, it was a pleasure working with you, Coach. Great to have you and uh, glad you're able to join Cuddy Nakuj today. Yeah, I appreciate it. Uh, I'm glad to uh, to join. Obviously, Jerry, I had the opportunity to work with you and uh, – you know, great four and a half years, all your experience. Obviously, I was a big fan of UNLV back in the day with uh, with that crew, Five Slam Pajama, uh, <laughs> with Houston, and, and, and you know, with, with all those teams were just such great teams. And uh, being a big basketball fan and, and a big, uh, you know, sports historian, I thought that that was really an exciting thing to be able to uh, to exchange some of those stories with you and, and, and hear about uh, – you know, all those experiences that you had. So it's, I really love the time we had and I appreciate you guys having me. Yeah, absolutely. Well, and I know, you know, before we get into your baseball career, um, you're from Stillwater, which for those, our listeners were in Saratoga Springs, Stillwater's uh, not very far from here, uh, from Saratoga. You went to Saratoga high school. And one thing I learned that, uh, you know, I, I read your bio, you know, before, uh, but you, are in the Stillwater High School uh, Basketball Hall of Fame. So you must have had some game back in the day, John. You are a pretty tall guy. <laughs> <laughs> well, we had a – I, I kind of equate it to the movie Hoosiers. You know, we <laughs> we had a veteran coach, and uh, we had uh, an unbelievable high school run with, uh, with our community, really tight-knit community. You know, I think people, when they see me, they see me as an – you know, that the guy who was – was an athlete in high school and never really left. You know, I went away to Eckerd College in Florida and played there for four years and, um, you know, came back and got my master's and tried to figure out what my, where my journey was going to be and uh, hung around minor league baseball for seven years and then 
you know, led volunteered at U Albany back in 1999 and they went D2 to D1 overnight and they asked me if I wanted to take the job. So for $5,000, I took the job. Um, <laughs> and, uh, was, became a division one program. I had to learn how to learn how to do everything. And, and for a long time, I made a lot of mistakes and, um, luckily I had a, I had really good support from the administration and they, they let me make a lot of mistakes and, uh, it's, it's the journey I've been on for a long time. And, and, uh, I think I'm to the point now where the, the screaming and the yelling's done in the, the, the old days of the, uh, you know, the Indian runs and the craziness we used to do, uh, has changed. And, and one of my favorite phrases, adapt or perish, and you got to keep changing. And, you know, now I walk out to practice and I have a new young assistant pitching coach, John Saviano, and we got music during practice now during batting practice, you know, during practice. So it's, yeah. it's quite a change in, uh, <laughs> yeah. in culture. You know, it's, it's gone from, uh, you know, old school socks jacked up and arguing with officials to not really arguing anymore, trying to tell the guys just control what we can control, you know, all the coach talk that you read about and hear about and just trying to research all the coaches, you know, the new coaches now and what they do with their guys to, to bridge that gap and to really learn how to communicate with these guys at a high level. We talk about that, not just communication, but high level of communication and high levels of trust and and, and, and your behavior is going to dictate how much we trust you, not not your words. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, and that's so true. Uh, you know, I even look at, you know, from the time my career, you know, going back to when I first got into athletic training and, and looking at how student athletes have evolved. Um, and as you just said, you know, when I well, and I'm sure you were the same way when when I played baseball or football or basketball, whatever sport it was. You pretty much did what the coach told you to do. Uh, you kind of were the follower and they were the leaders. And and now there's so much more, I think, that student athletes have access to and the, to be more knowledgeable about the game, to be more inquisitive about the game. And so I think now coaches have to adapt and you kind of have to be somewhat more of a listener, uh, more of a communicator uh, and more of, of a problem solver, you know, to get the word across that you're trying to get across. And sometimes, you know, the old days of yelling and screaming really maybe doesn't work as effective nowadays as it did back then. You know, I, I don't know, but that seems to be the trend, you know? Yeah, I agree. I think it's, uh, it's, it's okay though. I mean, I think that if you're able to, you know, ask yourself uh, what, what you think is, is the most effective way for the ladies or the men, and you got to, you got to change everything, you know, the way you're thinking, you know, the words you use, uh, when you use them. And it's, uh, it's been a revelation for me, but I mean, that's, that's how you survive 22 one-year contracts. You know, you, you survive that by, by trying to do all the right things. I think that the two things that I talk to young coaches about, you know, so how have you survived so long? I think number one is, is following the NCAA rules. I mean, if you don't follow those, number one, you're going to get yourself in hot water. And number two is, is the student athlete welfare is at the top of the chart right now, you know, and it doesn't mean you got to bow down to them, but I, I think that you got to hear what they're saying. Um, and, and you got to try to make changes so they're more comfortable because when they're, when you're talking about performance and execution, it's all about comfort level, you know, and you got a young, you got to remember, I mean, I, I was talking to coach Kyer today, reviewing yesterday's bullpens and we got a sophomore, <clears throat> he got out there and he, he got the signs wrong. He, he got this wrong. He got that wrong. And I said, I'm 52 years old. I got to remember what it was like when I was 20. And sometimes yeah. it's, uh, that's a big challenge, you know, cause you, you got all this stuff, all this emotion in you and 
and you want this kid to be successful, but sometimes they got to go, you know, you got to fall down before you get back up. And, and I think that that's a, an important thing to, to kind of keep. It's a daily thing though. It's a daily process for me. You know, I want to hear the interviews about the NFL games yesterday. I'm a big fan of, of uh, Sean McVay. You know, he's with the, he was with the Washington football team or whatever we're going to be called uh, coming up here shortly. <laughs> right. Um, yeah. But I, I, I love hearing him. I love his energy. He sprints down the sideline when guys score. You know, just a remarkable story. And I'm, I'm really interested to read about Cincinnati because I don't know much about him, but we're starting to realize what they're all about. I'll tell you that. Yeah, we got our, our producer, Chase, sitting behind here. You can't see him, but he's a Rams fan. So he's pretty amped up about the win. Yeah, I'm sure he is. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I was going to say, you know, we're going to get more into your career a little bit later as well. But, you know, you and my dad have similar career paths as far as not changing up where you're at a lot. So like obviously in your industry as well as athletics in general, you know, the trend is to kind of move around and take different jobs. But you've been at U Albany for going into your 23rd season. So I'm sure you have seen a ton of change there, just like my dad did, you know, at UNLV and not only with the university, but with the surroundings, like the town and, you know, all that kind of stuff. So you've probably seen it all for sure at UAlbany. Yeah, there's been a lot of things that uh, that have gone on and changed. Uh, you know, the facilities are completely different. Uh, football changing and going to the CAA has been a change. Uh, I mean, so many coaches have come and so many coaches have gone and and administrators, and I don't know how many presidents. I think I've had like five presidents uh, since I've been here. So, yeah, there's been a lot of change. Uh, I know there's a couple coaches. Roberto's been there a little bit longer than me. Chris Canada, you know, Scott Marr came a little bit, at, you know, I think a year after or two years after. I'm not really sure. Uh, but I see a lot of young coaches come and a lot of young coaches go. And, you know, I can't even think all the football coaches that are all over the country. Some of my former assistants are some are coaching the minor league, some are head coaches, some are assistant coaches. and yeah, the, I mean, the, you know, Albany to me is an interesting place because uh, being a small town guy, uh, it, it's it's an interesting city. I think that the people in the section, section two, as we're known in New York, they're really big high school fans. I mean, they really support high school sports. I think that it's a challenge, I think, for Division One athletics because of that. Getting people out to the games has, has been a, it's, it's been a challenge, challenge at times. I think that they, they really, you know, Rick has his work cut out for him. It's it's not easy to get people to come out on a Saturday when they've watched their son's football game Friday night or watched their daughter cheer or their daughter has a soccer game Saturday afternoon. And there's there's so much AAU that's going on now. Mm-hmm. And people and parents are just and you're gonna find out, you know, being being a mom that there's so much tugging all the time. You know, having I mean, I got to Albany, my kids, I wasn't, and I wasn't even married yet. And I had no kids. Now I have a daughter who's a freshman at RPI and playing basketball there, which is a super exciting thing for me. And I have a son now who's in 10th grade. And, you know, every time he goes on the basketball court, you got the rival schools. And I know they're rooting for him to miss his free throws and get in <laughs> foul trouble. And, you know, we're finally going to, we're finally going to get this Mueller. But unfortunately for them, he's really, he was really taken off this year. And I'm really it's been a lot of fun, you know, and, and one of the things I, I always said I would never do being a coach is I was, wasn't going to miss my kids growing up. And I think that goes into what you mentioned about moving around a lot. And, uh, you know, I'm really comfortable where I am. You know, I'm looking, I was looking forward to today 
having the day off. Unfortunately, my dryer broke, so I'm going to have to go to the laundromat to do the clothes and <laughs> catching up with the kitchen stuff. And, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's been a remarkable run. I'm, I, I'm so grateful. It's, you know, people say they feel like they've never worked a day in their life, but I've been able to live a dream of mine, you know, working with young people and, and learning a lot about myself and, and, uh, along the way, that's what you do. It's, you know, they always say one of the, one of the things people say is you're coaching the kids, but the kids are really coaching you. They're telling you about how disciplined you are and, um, what kind of decision making maker you are and can you keep your emotions in check, uh, during the most crucial times of the season and have a plan that they can execute. And, uh, I got great, I have a great assistant, Jeff Kyer, who played for me and just a tremendous worker. So I, I just been really lucky to have this. You got to have the support of the administration now. And Jerry will tell you that, you know, there's, I'm going to make mistakes. I'm, you know, I'm going to say things or do things and then I'm going to feel super guilty about it, <laughs> but that's part of life. And that's yeah. part of life is, and, and I'm making mistakes too. So it's, I've made enough of them to know what, what not to do when I, when I don't have to do them though. Right. Well, you also have, you and, uh, Jerry also have some another similarity is, you know, you have the basketball hall of fame from your high school and my dad held some records at his high school as well in some sports, but then he peaked and he didn't go on to do sports <laughs> like you did. So <laughs> I, well, I peaked out in high school. <laughs> well, it's, it's interesting because a lot of times I've, I've gotten to the point where I, I look back and I was a big uh, point scorer and the big, star and I got all the attention and, and I look back now and when I see some of my former teammates I always tell them that you know it was so great going on that run with you and you know if I, I'm almost uncomfortable talking about some of those things I, I want to win and go to a regional but I want to go to a regional for the guys I want the school to see it I want to you know get on a podcast with you next year and you say hey how was that trip to UCLA when you know you you took the Bruins seven innings or you upset them in the national stage. Yeah. You know, that's like the pinnacle, you know, we were able to get there once, but you know, it, it's, uh, we I think we've been to 17 conference tournaments and, and that's something I'm really proud of. I'm really proud of uh, having that, that longevity and, and, and in a conference where it's, it's a torturous conference for baseball. Everybody, everybody in the country knows it. I mean, I think there's 16 guys in the, in the, that have been at the, their school as long as I have and two of them are in my conference. So, that should give you an idea about what I've been dealing with for the last 22 years. And these guys, <laughs> there's no secrets to these guys. You have to line up and you have to beat them. And, and that's it. And right. they've taught me a lot about myself. They become your greatest enemy. Your, your, your biggest enemies can become your greatest friends. And, you know, Coach Nicky and I from Binghamton have become really personal, close friends over the years of, uh, you know, beating each other's brains in. So it's 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 ironic how how it goes. You would think, oh, you really you must really hate that guy. And I, I love the guy to death. You know, we've watched each other's kids grow up. We've, we've shared great stories and, and great times together. And it's one of the things I don't think people know about when you're battling, battling for, uh, against these guys for so long, you're like, Oh, you must really hate Stony Brook and Binghamton. It's actually have great love for them. I, I love going there. I love playing them. I love having that stomach ache on Saturday morning before the game starts uh, and telling the guys, everything's going to be okay. Meanwhile, my, I'm racing inside my body every pitch <laughs> well it, it is you know john um looking at my time at, at albany uh, you're right i mean the goal to me for in, in baseball really so, a lot of the sports at albany is in order to have a chance you know you got you have to play in the conference tournament if you don't get in the conference tournament you, you you'll never have a chance to go to the nc2a and a lot of the conference tournaments here, especially the outdoor sports, 
it's just not like showing up and playing. And, and, and what happened a couple years ago, you know, you play the whole season and then all of a sudden you get into the conference tournament, you get rained out, you can't finish the tournament. They have to make a decision of who's going and who's not going. There's so many different challenges that you as a coach in the American East for baseball have to deal with as opposed to a coach on the West Coast where it never rains and you, you don't have to worry about those types of things. So, uh, you know, to your credit, you know, you talked about, you know, it's your dream job and, and you, you love it here, but it also says a lot. Coaches do bounce around. Sometimes, you know, as a head coach, you might get fired or as an, a, an athletic director or deputy AD, a new AD comes in and they bring their own guy and you get let go. But I think the fact that you've been there for 23 years, regardless of your mistakes, regardless of, uh, of what has happened, it says a lot about your character because to stay anywhere for 23 years, you not only have to be respected by your student athletes, but you have to have the respect of the administration, of the university, and even of the presidents. You know, presidents know enough about athletics to say, you know, hey, we got a baseball coach who's been here 23 years. That says a lot about a university. Longevity, I think, creates, you know, respect and it creates tradition. So, uh, so it kind of says a lot about you, you know. Yeah, I, well, I appreciate it. And, and I think that what happens is, is you get to a point, there's so many different things that I think about, you know, when we're talking about these things. There was a, there was a time about seven, eight years ago where I was like, you know, I, I think I've had enough, you know, maybe I should just go teach and, and, you know, the pressure was getting to me and marriage is tough. Having kids is tough. Uh, making enough money is tough. You know, staying married is tough, you know, continuing to miss out on trips and miss out, you know, once we start going, I mean, I'm going to be working every weekend until, you know, until next fall. And really, um, that's just, the, that's, that's the, that's the way the beast goes. You know, it's like, you get that break, you kind of go, uh, beginning of the school year, you got the fall season, and then finally you get that break from, you know, Christmas up until January. Then it's like, now it's for real. Now it's put your, put your uh, boots on and your hard hat and go to work in the regular season. Then hopefully there's a postseason, And then after that, you wrap it up with exit interviews and now you're on the road recruiting. Now you're, you're recruiting all summer and you're, you're out there hunting and fishing and trying to, to get all the things you, you need for the next year. And, you know, you got kids coming in for visits in the weekend because that's when kids can come. Or maybe it's Sunday, you have one at 11, you have one at five. And, you know, by eight o'clock at night, after really trying to spend a lot of energy, I mean, those those visits, those visits on campus take as much out of you as anything. I mean, you got two, three hour visits and you're trying to impress parents and say the right things and and get this kid engaged to say, hey, listen, you're going to have to dump the tarp probably six times a year or maybe 10 times a year. You're going to have to get up at seven o'clock on a Saturday. And we have a huge conference weekend you know, get, get ice and snow off the field and dig holes and push the water and, yeah. you know, <laughs> get the field ready and yeah. 30 mile an hour winds and wind chills of 39 degrees and play <laughs> the biggest, the biggest days of the year. So it's, I mean, it's, and then do it again the next day. <laughs> and then by Sunday night, you're like, you know, you peel off your clothes, you're cold and hopefully you won two out of three and it's a great week. Cause it's either a great week, week or it's not a good week. It's, you know, you win two out of three, it's a great week. You, you lose two out of three or get swept. You're like, questioning everything you did and everything you were you're all about and and you know it's 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 one of those things that's it can be overwhelming and about seven years ago I, I was to a point and you know I really had to kind of re reassess who I was and what I was doing and 
Why, why do I keep not, how come I can't beat Stony Brook? How come I, I'm barely getting the tournament. So we've kind of changed some things and changed our mentality. We, we've, we brought in a different type of kid and now we have an army of them. So it's, you know, great students. They're all, we've been over three Oh, I think we were second versus all the male sports last year in the spring um, in GPA, which is an unbelievable accomplishment, like three, four as a team or something like that. And, Really proud of our academic achievements. Our guys graduated at a high level, and that's what they're here for. You know, I'm here to, to kind of mentor these guys who, through four important years of their life, so they can become great parents and great husbands and good brothers. And, and we talk a lot about those. I, I have a lot of conversations, with guys, about those 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 things that really matter. You know. Well, yeah, and in, you know, in the sport of baseball, regardless of where you're playing at, you know, the the um, the competition to become a pro. At, I mean. I think a lot of these kids have the ability to, to be pros in the minor leagues, but you know, that that's not an easy way to go as you well know. So, you know, most of them are at least the baseball players I've dealt with good students, good, good guys, good heads on their shoulders, good athletes. And I think some of them realize that, you know, they may not, you know, that they may not make it to the major leagues, but, uh, but at the same time, the, their experience at college is really important to them. Yeah. I mean, it's, you know, I think one of the diff- most difficult things is every single kid that comes on a visit, I ask them if they want to play professional. Every single one of them says yes. Every single one of them. Right. You know, and, and we can talk about, you know, how to motivate these guys. But I, I've really become a big fan of self-motivation. And, you know, are you really willing to do what it takes to, to be looked? I mean, what are you really willing to do? Are you really willing to change your body with a religious approach? Are you really willing to, to do everything you can, you know, turn over every stone and, and do everything possible to get to that next level. And then, you know what, if you've done everything, then I think that you've probably, you know, gone as far as you can go. So, and I think it's, it's interesting because towards the end of their senior year, kids, the biggest, one of the biggest challenges and people don't realize this, especially for baseball, because it ends at the end of the school calendar seniors are starting to think about what they're doing next year. You know, now that they're realizing they're not going to get drafted and that's a challenge because they're, are they still going to put forth the work and the effort that's needed for us to still have a successful finish while they're worrying about what they're going to do next year, internships, living, am I going back to live with my parents? How am I going to pay for my loans? And, and so many things go on. It's just like, it's just like the baseball game in the Northeast. You know, somebody, somebody's parent, they lose a parent through college. I've had that. I've had, I've had uh, players lose siblings. Like a dad shows up during a practice in tears saying, coach, you know, I need to talk to my son. Um, you know, you get a phone call. As we've been talking, I got a text from one of my players. You guys have time to meet today. You know, you just don't know. It's, it's so many things happen. Yeah. You don't know when a, a family's going through a divorce, a family's going through a financial thing. And then you throw in COVID where, you know, the whole world turned upside down and, I'll share with you what the kid wants to meet with me about. It's really an awesome thing. We, we did a, we, we represent burst cancer every year, something that Jeff and I came on board with about eight or nine years ago. A uh, great organization that helps childhood pediatric cancer. And last year we had another group come in and talk to us about leukemia with, and, and bone, bone marrow matches, et cetera. And this kid who's an unbelievable player, first baseman, Will File, has just notified us that he, he's a match for an eight-year-old. And he wants to talk to the coaches about walking them through the, uh, the the timeline and the process. So 
that was a great. I mean, I just got chills thinking about it. The kid's an unbelievable kid. He's he got a four zero in, in the in the in the NBA program his first semester. I think he got three four zeros in a row. Completely changed his body. Was a kid who wasn't playing much and you know lost twenty pounds. Really sturdied his body up and became an everyday player for us last year. And he's he's a he was named the captain this year by his teammates. And it's just a, a rem- you, you come across remarkable people like that that are. I look at him like man, I wish I was like you when I was your age. Just unbelievable type of person who's going to make a major impact in the world. So really excited to hear, hear that, that he's uh, he's considering that opportunity. Yeah, so he heard about that through your program, like you brought somebody in to like, speak on that. Yeah, we had a couple students from, from UAlbany that were, they were kind of doing a project and they showed up at practice and said, you know, coach, can we talk to your team for a few minutes? And we said, yeah, sure, what do you... And all the kids, I guess, gave a that wanted to. You know, we don't make them do anything, but they volunteered to give their 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 a sample. And this kid happens, you know, here we are, two probably. I think this was before COVID. Probably three years later, they found he's a match, which is really super cool. Yeah, yeah, it's just great. I'm just kind of taking it back from it. You know, I didn't. You never, like I said, you never know what's going to happen. You no. have no idea. You know, the, the thing is, these this you are dealing with somebody's child. And until I had children, until I saw, you know, whether it be through sports, well, I thought my daughter didn't get a fair shake or my son got passed over for this position. Then you realize what it's all about. Your father knows this. Your mother knows this. And as a parent now, and I can't believe I have a daughter who's in college, you you change. It changes everything about you, you know? And yeah, I'm not a, I'm not a big fan that says, well, you really don't know about kids and until you have them because some people don't have that opportunity you've been given a great opportunity to have a healthy child and and it's an unbelievable opportunity and obviously you won't take it for granted but it's it's a lot of work and you know nothing needs more than your kids nothing there's nothing in the world and if they said you got to stop working at Albany today I would be devastated but at the same time I'd be super grateful for all the time I've had there the relationships the experiences and I know I'm probably getting off topic but you know it's this job is not like any other job, right? You know, the pressure doesn't get to me with the winning and the losing, because I think we've done enough of that. It's more about just continually changing on your feet and making, trying to make good decisions, you know, just trying to be smart. And you can, I can lean on my experience much like Jerry. There's nothing like experience. You can win all the games in the world, but there's no recipe and there's, there's no exchange for that. You can't, you can't take that away. No, and you know, John, when you, um, you know, go into like this year, just like you said, you you show up, well, of course, you know, I'm just talking right now, you start preparing for your season in January, and you got a group of 30 guys, you know, that they all got to come together, they all got to be, you know, driving the same bus, they all got to, you, you know, you've got to build that chemistry, it's like, you know, it's like taking your two kids and times and adding 28 more because that's really what you're trying to do is you're trying to get build a family in a very short period of time you know you have your whole life to build your family but you have four years to build these kids that you're taking on in the 2022 season you know and and I always used to look at that because like you said there's there's so many things that can derail you you know, not, not catastrophically, but, you know, girl, losing a girlfriend, you know, losing a mom, losing a dad, like, 
you know, you, you have no idea every day what's getting thrown at you as a coach. When you come to work, I always tell, you know, young students when I would mentor them, you know, I, I, I was a big, I like to write things down, things to do, you know, one to 20. And you come to work and you have 20 things to do. But when you go home at the end of the day, yeah, there's your, <laughs> you, you might have like 40. You never get through the first 20. You know what I mean? <laughs> so, it's it's I'm, a tough business. I'm the same way, though, Jerry. I have Coach Kyer said to me, you know, he, he gives me my list. I call him my work wife because he gives me my list of things to do. <laughs> and, you know, today was get a fungo, call up Dartmouth and verify the game. You know, but I've always been like that. I'm, I'm a, you know, I have my notebook at work, you know, and kind of one of the things I do to as, as an extra layer of protection, especially with compliance, every day we talk about something that has to do with, you know, certain numbers of hours of practice, or I write down a big C and I circle it. And it's like, you know, Coach Kyer's like, you still got all those books and I keep them. So if there's ever an issue with compliance or student athlete welfare, I have my folder. I have my meetings with the guys. This is what we spoke about. These are the expectations. And I can rely on that for data if they come after me. So what I always say is, where is this long line of misbehavior and inappropriate, unprofessional um, behavior, you know, acts? Right. And I have this as an extra layer of protection that says, this is how we've developed, you know, just a, a positive interaction with, 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 right. with compliance. and. Now you have some information to back it up. You know, you're going to look in my book and it's going to be like, you know, March 13th, we had a staff meeting and talked about making sure we don't go over our hours, making sure that, you know, we haven't, you know, and we, when we feel there's an issue with a kid, we bring them in right away. And we have all three staff are there and say, hey, what's going on? You know, what is, I, you know, a lot of it, most of the time is about playing time in the roles, but we have clear role discussions with the guys. They know where they are. They know what they have to do to expand their roles. Uh, but there's so many things, like you said, it's just like baseball, the wind, the snow. There's no clock in baseball, you know, and that's something people won't ever talk about. Yeah, right. baseball keeps going. It's no, <laughs> you know, we're at the 30 second break, and we can call it, we can call a 30 second timeout and argue with the officials. It doesn't happen, mm-hmm. right? You know? Yeah, and, and exactly. You and you don't know what's going on with that. If the guy behind the plate, I always said the guys, well, guys, he might have a, a daughter that's very sick right now, and he might be working 65 hours a week, and he's in a terrible mood. He didn't get a good night's sleep, and he's he's, he's not going to be great today. So we have to change our behavior. We're not going to change his behavior. We have to change the way we're approaching this and not worry about what he's doing because that's not going to help us. It's only going to hinder our progress. So that's one of the things we've really been adamant about. I don't like getting thrown out of games. I, you know, people are like, you got to go out there and argue to get your team fired up. Well, I mean, I don't know if that's really the thing to go out there and drop six F-bombs and get thrown out in front of your guys and <laughs> lose, lose your marbles. Right. Because if yeah. I'm arguing with the official about the strike zone, Every other kid in the, in the dugout's gonna do the same thing. Right. Like, well, coach is arguing about it. Yeah. You know, so we're very we're very strict about about behavior with umpires, officials. You know, and and I do my best, but you know, after you know, you, you go fifty three contests a year, you're not gonna be perfect. I mean, you're gonna you're gonna hit you're gonna get to a point where it's like it's it's never it's not easy. But baseball is a lot different. You know, you watch college basketball, and it's it's kind of been a turnoff to me where you see a, a head coach talking to an official while the play's going on, complaining about the travel. And it's like, let them officiate. I, I don't know when it changed, but that's something I'm not really, I really am not a big fan of. I think let the officials coach. You don't need to have a big, long dissertation with them during the game's going on. And you're, t- you're like the whistle out. You're talking to, to the, 
but that's just the way it is. I'm not going to be able to change that, but I don't have, I don't have to agree with it. Right. And unfortunately, somebody like me, that's such a huge basketball fit, such a huge sports fan. It's been a little bit of a, it's been a negative thing for me, unfortunately, you know? Yeah, sure. Well, it's like you said too, it's, it's interesting perspective because, you know, when you think about it, being a division one athlete is very physical, but it's also very mental. And you have, you know, 30 athletes plus a coach, plus the officials, everybody who, like my dad said, also have their personal lives, you know, and like you were saying, and it's like, you know, how do you navigate? What if you have all of your starting players are having a terrible day that day because, you know, X, Y, and Z happened to them and the refs having an off day and the coach, like, you know, it's not just physical. There's a lot of emotional and mental stuff that goes into it as well. Well, I'll tell you what, we had a, a really heartbreaking finish last year in the conference tournament. We, we were, we got a, we were finished first on our side, second overall, we earned a buy and that's something we try to strive for. We accomplished that goal. You know, we blew a lead late. We blew a lead late in the eighth inning against uh, NGIT. We turned around the next day. We blew another lead and got walked off on the end of our season. And it's like, there's nobody that's going to make me convince me that I made the right calls. There's nobody that's going to ever do that. I'm going to, and I told the guys, I said, obviously guys, we didn't prepare you well enough. And that's what I always do. I think it's important to take the blame um, and take some of that weight off the kid's shoulders that gave up a, you know, a walk-off double that, that ended the season, you know, mm-hmm. cause that kid's devastating. You know, he's, you talk about, you know, the great word you use is how do you navigate and how do you navigate through that time? That tells you about yourself when I got to walk out the right field, well, the next team's getting ready, and it's all done. Everything's done. Some of these kids will never pick up another bat, another glove. They're in the outfield. They're crying. They're hugging each other. And what am I supposed to say? What do you? What is? What, yeah. what prepares you for that? Right. Yeah. You know. And yeah. and I really just sat there for about five or six minutes. I didn't say anything. Yeah. Because I didn't. I didn't have anything to say. This team was built to win a championship, and we didn't do it. Yeah. So I kind of, you know, it takes some time. The guys, you know, guys are mad. They're saying things out of the dugout. Why we do this? This is ridiculous. And you know, that's, that's going to happen. I mean, that's, that's part of the deal. Yeah. You can say, do you remember Jerry Koloski that worked here? Well, he peaked in high school and he turned out just fine. (laughs) Yeah. Right. (laughs) You can give him a little bit of that. (laughs) That's the, that's the, the hardest part of the year for me is the finality of it. That's really, to be honest with you, all the work. I mean, you know, we practice at eight 30, seven 30 and Saturday and Sunday mornings when all my buddies are teachers and they, Hey, let's go out Friday night. Let's do this. I said, why don't you guys go out Sunday night with me? Because I'm off Monday. Yeah, <laughs> it's it's kind of crazy. And even today, I sent my wife a text because I really haven't seen her much. She works two jobs and works her rear end off. And I said, you want to go out for a date this afternoon? And the first thing she said was, "How's Jackson, my son, getting the basketball practice?" Yeah. So yeah, you know, it's 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 um, and I always go back to talking about marriage because it's, you know, <laughs> that school. If you think about it, that school has been a part of my life for four decades end of my 20s, all of my 30s, all of my 40s, now into my 50s. If you think about that for a second, and how do I walk away from that place at some point? I mean, what kind of emotion is going to be involved with that? You know, I just... Yeah. You're married just, to Albany, Right. <laughs> right. That's going to be a divorce. It's been my life. If you right. really think about... I can't even imagine how many miles... I mean, how many... I just... It's hard to even think about it. And I forget things, you know, naturally, how can, you know, Coach Kyle be like, you remember that guy? I'm like, who's that? He's like, well, he, he played with us for one year. And I'm like, 
you know, I'm like, I can't remember everything, you know, hundreds and hundreds of kids. Yeah. Right. And so many funny things and so many things that were sad and happy. And, you know, we spent that we were, we spent 35 minutes on the phone this morning. We probably spent 10 minutes laughing about some of the things that happened at practice yesterday. And, you know, it's an, it's certainly something it's, it's a life. It's not a job. It's, you can say this. I always, I always say, well, it's just a job, but I know better than that. Yeah. I mean, it's Monday morning and I, I'm able to spend some time with you, but you know, I'm already worried about tomorrow. I'm worried about Brack. You know, I'm already trying to make sure the guys that aren't, aren't vaccinated. They got to get their stuff. There's their test in. And, you know, we got three guys that are injured. I haven't talked to one guy for about a week. So I've been feeling guilty about that. I got that in the list to do to call him today. And yeah, just a lot. I mean, so much. Well, yeah. I want to go back to, um, you know, think, start talking about practice and things. And, uh, some of our listeners are on the West coast. So give us a rundown of how you practice in January on the East coast where it's freezing cold snow. You, you mentioned it a little bit, but give us a, a rundown of what the preparation for your season kind of looks like right now. Right. So we typically, we have a bubble that's down now and it's not going to be put back up but an indoor bubble where we could do a lot of our team defenses and take round balls and even some simulated fly balls. And we also have a PE gym with, with, with cages in it where we can throw live in. Currently, the, the PE gym is being renovated. So we're going off campus right now. Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, we go to one site. And then Saturday, Sunday mornings, we go to another site. You know, and the biggest challenge is when we're building up our pitchers, you can't just go throw 100 pitches. You got to throw one inning one week, two innings, three innings, and then four innings. And then understand, just talking about the pitchers, when they put their spikes on for the first time, on uh, Thursday night when we're at the University of Georgia, we have to be careful that they don't go crazy and, you know, blow out a knee, blow out a knee. I mean, that's my biggest thing now is knock on wood, get through the preseason with all of our all of our guys. Mm-hmm. And then it's a slow buildup. You know, we're going to go to Georgia. You know, their guys are probably going to be up to six innings worth of pitching where our guys will be a max of four innings or starters, our best guys. So we're really up against it as it is. Yeah. But we try to prepare, getting back to that preparation piece. We'll get in there. We'll stretch. You know, we'll have our infielders doing indie, in, infield defensive work while the outfielders are hitting in the cage. Pitchers are throwing in another spot, you know, doing their daily stuff. Then we'll flip. One will hit. One will defend. And then before you know it, boom, two hours, it's gone. You're done. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I unless those coaches want to trade with me for the next, let's just say, six years and let me go outside and put some sunscreen on and you know, maybe lose a little weight because I'll be outside in my pants all the time um, and, and kind of have, you know, put some shorts on and hit some fly balls and some fungos. But, you know, it's, it's kind of a mentality. You know, it's, it's we try not to make any excuses for our guys. And I think it builds that that lunch pail mentality, you know, with the guys. It's like we know what they have. We know what we don't have. Are we going to spend all day talking about it? Or are we going to spend time on uh, what we need to spend time on? And that's getting getting these guys prepared to execute at a high level when they're when they're called on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's that's so true. I mean, you know, I, like I said, it, for you, just that part of it, you know, now with the bubble being going, and, and again, for our listeners, there was a bubble on our campus that, uh, you know, like any other bubble you see with the big white cloth bubble, and that was really the only indoor practice facility that we had, and it wasn't the greatest, obviously. It, it was kind of had tennis courts in there that you could break down, and the lighting is not that great. But now with that being gone, you're really, re, you know, resigned to a gymnasium, which, you know, for baseball, indoor softball, or even any indoor sport, you have to make, you have to adapt. And, um, and you guys do a great job with that. But, 
but you are limited. Like you said, you're going to play in an SEC team who's been outside the whole time and, you know, their preparation's totally different than what you're going through to try to get your kids to prepare at that same level. So, um, you know, again, I, I remember when um, I, a few years ago with Coach Kanata, who is the softball coach at Albany, and, and, and we had that bad winter, and they went somewhere, and they come out of the gate, and they won their first two games. And I remember when she came back, I said, you know, I'm amazed how you guys can prepare these kids to go play teams in the South who have, have, have all the advantage over you of being out on a field, you know, they have the right bases. They, you know, they're able to do the right things. And you still went down there and won. So, I think people who live here, you know, I and you said a saying, but and I'm sure you heard this one too. But I had an old coach one time. I, I was complaining about something, and he he called me Jay, and he's like, Jay, let me tell you something in this business, buddy. You just need to adapt or die. You know, <laughs> and really that's it. You just got to make the best of what you have and know your limitations and know how to get your kids to buy into what you're doing. And, and, and it works, you know, so. I kind of want to name this episode adapt or die. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It, it's a, uh, it's an interesting phenomena, but you know, it's, it's kind of like you, if you don't know any different, you, you really, right. I, I mean, you know, you were talking earlier about, you know, going places or going somewhere else and, I played college in Florida, so I, I did have that opportunity. And I, you know, I went to some spring trainings and, and, and did some of that. But I, at the same time, it's like, you know, you, you just do it. You know, it's, it's not, it's different than basketball. Basketball plays inside, you know, you can train at the same level. Uh, but when it comes to baseball, uh, it's a different animal. Fly, but I mean, we, I've, I've gone, I've taken teams places, routine fly ball, left field drops two outs in the eighth inning, three runs score, we lose five, four. Right. You know, someone's like, oh, you played it. It was great. It was awesome. And I'm in my hotel room, like, wanting to put my head through the wall saying, you know, if that kid had gotten 400 fly balls over right. know, 27 days of practice, that's, that's, that's in the, that's in the glove. It's yeah. skate. But, you know, and you have to limit your expectations too. You know, our, our expectations are to go to the University of Georgia, who's ranked 16th in the country and win two out of three. That's what our expectations are with this team. And I, the reality of it is, I think that after that first weekend, I think we should be favored to win every single weekend the remainder of the year and be the favorite. I really do believe that this year. Now, next year when we have this podcast, I might have a different uh, theme. Yeah. Yeah. But we have, we have great leadership. Um, our older guys, it's a no nonsense. We get there. The, we set up the facility. We practice. They bring the benches and the chairs back from the other screen and pick everything up. There's no water bottles. There's no gum wrappers. There's no, there's no gloves left behind. There's no, you know, Oakley sunglasses on the floor. There's, but it's, it takes a long time to get that culture and you don't always get it. You know, you're, last year we had, we had a couple of guys that took up so much of my energy because they were so tough to manage that it takes away from your focus from the guys that really matter. And it, 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 you can say it, you know, just ignore it, just ignore it. But you know, it's not on board, not bought in. And this year it's different. We don't have those two guys and, and, um, you know, we have, we've added captain's meetings. We have captain's meetings once a week with our captains to, to, to kind of ask them what's working well, what else could we do? And last week was, you know, more live throws from the pitchers when they're doing their PFP, which is pitchers fielding practice, instead of them picking up their bunts, just showing it the first, after they're done throwing, we go right into a defensive segment. And that was brought to us by the middle infielders and the, and the, and the, and the, uh, the captains. So 
you got to be open. You got to listen. Your ears got to be open. Your mouth's got to be shut when you're listening, when, when you're with these guys. And they're watching everything you're doing. They're, they're looking how you're dressed. I didn't shave today, but, you know, I always try to make sure that, you know, you're looking the part, you're, you know, you got your clothes, right. you're wearing the right stuff. You're, you know, you're in order. You got your stopwatch. You're not stopping practicing. How much longer are we doing this drill for? You know, we have our chart. We try to stick to it. And when the guys see that kind of, um, that we are prepared and we're executing a plan effectively, then I think that they, they're like, you know, we need to do this. If we want to really talk about winning a, a championship this year, it's a daily approach. It's a daily, you know, a daily grind every single day that you got to, you got to bring it every day. And yeah. if, I'm not feeling, Hey, sometimes, you know, thank, thank I didn't have practice today. Cause I went down the Legion last night. They had a soup cook off and <laughs> I did my thing with my friends for four or five hours, but <laughs> You know, you got to be ready. You got to be ready to roll. I mean, baseball, every pitch matters. It's boom, boom. Every yeah. pitch matters. Yeah. Well, at the beginning of this podcast, before we started recording, you had you had hyped up your team for this year and kind of given us, you know, what we what we could look forward to. So I want you to kind of recap that and tell us what your program's got going on this year and and uh, what our what our listeners can look forward to. Maybe come watching you come see in a couple games. Yeah, I think it's great. And the listeners, just so they know, you can you can follow much more college baseball live now than you ever could. It's taken a really nice jump. It's been awesome to be a part of it. You know, starting with no starting with a beeper back in '99 and a phone that you dialed like this to <laughs> to me having doing podcasts and doing Zoom conferences has been a a revelation of sorts. I'm sure Jerry can attest to that. Right. Um, but but you know, looking at the conference this year. I think New Jersey Tech, who won it last year, is going to be very strong. They return a good team. Stony Brook is always Stony Brook. They're never bad. They've never missed the tournament. So that's there's number there's enemy number two. Binghamton didn't qualify for the tournament last year, and uh, I expect them to be back. They're going to be they're going to pitch very well. Hartford is in a kind of a transition year. They, they lost their coach. They lost some very good players. They're moving to Division Three, um, but they still have some guys. They can still beat you. Uh, UMBC has kind of struggled a little bit in the last few years, and I think that they're trying to figure things out a little bit. So, uh, but we go there first weekend, and you don't want to play them first weekend because they still their hopes are still high. So you almost want to play them later in the year when they're kind of they're they're kind of going backwards a little bit. But they're dangerous. Uh, Maine's Maine, you know, they have three good starters back in the mound. Uh, they're going to be tough, and that's a five and a half hour, six hour trip. That's something you got to deal with complete. That's a whole nother podcast dealing with going to Maine with <laughs> student athletes on a six hour bus and waking up the next morning and hoping that they can perform well. It's a six, it's a long trip. Right. You know, and then, you know, you talk about uh, UMass Lowell and UMass Lowell traditionally gets tough kids. They're hockey players or baseball players. Um, and he'll have his kids ready to play. But all that being said, uh, I like the way we're built this year. We have a, a fifth year senior, our number one guy, Ray Weber, who's back. Um, Anthony Germanario, our number two guy, is a big six, five righty. He's been up to above 93 this year <clears throat> had a great year last year I expect him to have a chance to be drafted and Craig Share, the lefty uh, redshirt sophomore might be our most projectable draft guy so on the mound right off the bat you got three three guys that are veteran guys that have been through the wars um, they know how to get out of trouble when they get into trouble and if they get rolling they can go you know they can go six seven innings and give up two runs and with the way our defense is built this year I think that we're going to have, we're going to be a real problem this year. Knock on wood, we stay healthy. Uh, shortstop could be the best player I've ever had, Brad Malm. And that says a lot. He's unbelievable defender, tremendous offensively. He hit almost 20 doubles last year. 
Uh, second base, John Marty, left-handed hitting guy with some power. He's a professional hitter. Another fifth-year guy who'll be back this year. Will File, uh, we talked a little bit about his uh, uh, what he's doing right now, but he's another veteran guy. He's in graduate school. Uh, John Daly in left, another older guy, tremendous athlete. Jason Batari flies in center, stole 20 bags last year, back again. Chris Fisher was a number two catcher. He'll be back with a, with a transfer we got from Siena. Uh, to kind of man it behind the plate. And then right field, DH and third base. Third base, we're kind of leaning towards a transfer we got, a kid that uh, was with LaSalle last year. LaSalle dropped the program. So, we'll, you know, we're going to have to live with him at third. I don't know if he's going to defend it at the high, at the level that we would like him to, but we're going to, you know, we're going to have to live with that. Mm -hmm. uh, but I still think he's a solid kid and brings a little juice in his bat. So really right field, DH, and then obviously the bullpen, getting that thing sorted out through the first five or six weekends is going to be, what we're really what we're really concerned with but having those three guys back in the mound is I can't tell you because next year I might not have any of them you know I could, yeah. we could be having this conversation you're like who's starting I'm like well <laughs> we're gonna kind of had this gonna be kind of an audition for the first three weekends All right um so this year is a little bit you know so I'm not relaxed but I have high hopes and we have high expectations and we talk about being a championship caliber baseball team every single day we talk about it every single day yeah yeah well uh, John, a little bit. So, obviously, you mentioned Stony Brook, and I know they're always good in baseball. Now they're transitioning out of the American East, and so you guys will be going through another transition. You know, and I, I haven't really talked to anybody, um, you know, about realignment or the American East or what's going to happen there. But, but certainly, you know, you're probably with Hartford going to Division Three and Stony Brook leaving. Uh, you know, you're going to have some other teams coming in, so. Next year will be probably another transition for you, too, as well. Uh, you, you'll have a young team, and then you'll probably have a couple new teams that you'll have to compete against, you know. So it's always changing, it seems like, in this day and age. Yeah, it's interesting because I, when I first got into the league, it was Northeastern, uh, Vermont, Hartford, Albany, Binghamton, Stony Brook, and UMBC, I believe. And then, you know, Northeastern left, uh, Vermont ended their program you know then you kind of go through another transition and, and it's <laughs> we haven't talked about scheduling how do you schedule right. you know when there's no there's no division one baseball teams in albany with the exception of sienna so you know talk about travel this is like a minor league travel schedule every single year and we've decided to pull back a little bit early and this is another interesting phenomenon so our guys have their legs late you know you, you know traveling takes its toll on you and late in the year We've seen the velocities go down. The bat speed's a little bit slower. We're making some fundamental mistakes. So we, we decided to go to one big trip and then kind of go to the Norfolk States, you know, the Maryland Eastern, you know, get to those six-hour bus rides, you know, and hold our breath that they don't get bad weather so we don't walk into the conference season playing three games and, you know, and then really roll the dice because you're really right back to the beginning again. You you play two weeks, you get a snowstorm, you don't play for two weeks, you're back in there and you know, you're, you're, yeah. you're trying to build pitch counts as we talked about earlier with our pitchers, but you're doing it now you're doing it inside again. So that's right. another thing that people don't think about, you know, it's not like we're going to go bing, 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 bing. You know, there's no guarantee we're going to the second, third, fourth weekends before we open up conference. So that's happened to me a number of times. Yeah. Well, I know again, you know, going back to my, uh, my time at the American East, I was on that championships committee the whole time I was there. And that was our biggest challenge with that committee was, um, you know, dealing with these, you know, ba primarily baseball and softball, like 
you know, because of the weather, you know, and who's going where and how you're going to, you know, and if, if you, you know, you go there and you can't play two games, but you can play one and how's all that work and you're spending the money. I mean, you guys have a very difficult job just to get ready to play. And then the day before you leave, all of a sudden you can have a snowstorm and now you've got to, you know, reload, refocus and figure out something else to do. So, uh, it was an interesting thing for me. I mean, I, I, I was really um, naive, I guess, when it came to to that aspect of Northeast baseball. You know, I mean, you really have to adapt or die because you know? <laughs> that's the only way you can do it, you know? Yeah. So Big Jer doesn't do well in the snow. So. No, no, <laughs> not, not, not a big snow guy. <laughs> no, I don't, I don't know if everybody, you know, I, I don't, I love the change of seasons, but after about, you know, the snow's okay, but then when you get the ice, the snow, and then all of a sudden it's, you walk outside and it, I, I walk my dog outside to, to, to get him to the bathroom. And it's like, he doesn't want to stay out there very long. He's no. out, he's in, and that's it. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, John, I, I grew up in West Virginia. And so I, I played, you know, college baseball at Marietta College in Ohio. And um, I, I remember those days as well. We started in the gym. Uh, you know, we batted in the cages and, and we, we had this legendary coach there, a guy named Don Shally. And he was tough, man. I mean, he, he, uh, very disciplined. You had to be very disciplined and all that. But then I remember, boy, those early practices, cause you know, down South in, in Ohio, you don't get that much snow like you get up here. So you're out right. there taking batting practice on a baseball field and it's like 25 degrees and you're trying to swing a bat, you know, that's not very much fun. I don't care. <laughs> I don't care what you say, you know? <laughs> yeah. No, it's, I mean, you talk about all the variables that go on, whether it be the, you know, I've always been a big, the, the biggest thing that bothers me is the wind. It's not even the, the cold temperatures are fine, but when you get that 25 mile hour wind, it's the it's, pitcher's finger, the pitcher's fingers swell up and yeah. you, the, the whole game's different and you got to adapt, <laughs> you got to change. And yeah, you got to keep making, you know, the wind's blowing straight out. You know, we're going to have to try to strike some guys out and make sure we don't walk anybody. Right. And make sure you make sure you play premium defense because you get a, a walk and air and a fly ball to left and string up in the first inning. We haven't even thrown 12 pitches yet. Yeah. <laughs> well, coach, we, uh, we don't want to keep you from your big, long to-do list. You showed us there yeah. that you got to get to today <laughs> on your day off. You shouldn't have a to-do list on your day off. Yeah. Well, you're right, but most of my to-do list comes from my other half. So that that okay, honey-do list that <laughs> that needs to be completed, or else, or else, um, adapt or, or die. <laughs> adapt or die. <laughs> well, hey, John, listen. Th- thanks so much for taking the time to visit with us. Um, wish you the best this season. I'm I'm um, now that COVID's kind of beyond us. I'm hoping you're going to play more than twelve games um, in, in your year and. Uh, much success, and I hope to, uh, you know, I'll come down and check you guys out, catch a couple games, and then uh, hopefully uh, you'll have a successful season as you talked about, and and good luck. Yeah, I appreciate it, guys, and uh, feel free to reach out to me whenever you want to do this again. Absolutely. Will do. Thanks so much, Thanks, coach. coach. You take care now. Take care. Thank you. Uh, bye-bye. All right. Another great episode. I'm uh, – you know, he's hyped up on you, Albany. That's awesome. I'm looking forward to when it gets warmer, the the Cuddy and the Cooge team will have to go yeah. sit out at a baseball game. Yeah, that, that'll be like probably their last last, last series, game. like in May. <laughs> uh, but no, John's a, 
you know, been there a lot of years and, and, uh, he was always a guy, you know, you, you have, we used to have a monthly staff, all staff meeting and, uh, and it, you know, he was the guy that would come in and energize the room, uh, mm-hmm. always very positive, that. always upbeat, no matter if he lost three on Friday, Saturday, Sunday, he'd come to those staff meetings and be the same guy, you know, and get everybody fired up. So, yeah. uh, he definitely seems like a guy you'd want to have a beer with at the Legion. Yeah, ab- absolutely. Yeah. He's, uh, <laughs> he, he's definitely, uh, a, a good one to have in your department for sure. And, uh, you need those kind of coaches, the, the longevity and the commitment and the passion about being there. So uh, yep. it's it's good. So uh, everybody, uh, thanks for listening. Have a great week. And we'll check back with you on another series of Cuddy and the Cooch. <laughs>Thanks for listening, everyone. Um, wherever you're streaming this podcast, if you would be so kind as to give us a subscribe and maybe even a review. In addition, you can find us for any updates on social media, Facebook or Instagram. Our handle is at Cuddy and the Cooge. Cuddy with a C, Cooge with a K. Or you can email any questions or submit any feedback to Cuddy and the Cooge at gmail.com. We would love to hear from you.